3: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live
4: from the Circus Sportsbook on VCEN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm and he is Amal Shaw. Good Monday to you. Full weekend of sports. We had college football on Saturday, NFL on Sunday. We love college football, them all, but I want to start with the NFL yesterday and start with the last game that was played, Sunday night in Foxborough, the contrarian better Super Bowl, as our Josh Applebaum called it. I don't even know what the hell that means. Well, 90% of the bets, I don't know where they come up with this number, 90% of the bets were on on Tampa Bay in this game. So the contrarian play to go against the popular play was to take the Patriots. Why why don't you just tell me in plain old English what the hell the numbers are? Okay. Here's my question. I'm watching the game. I'm texting with E. He's got a middle set up. He's got a side. Of course, Survivor was involved in this as people had Tampa Bay and Survivor. Third and three, the tip pass. 57 seconds left. Bill Belichick makes the decision to kick the 54-yard field goal in tough conditions. It's, it's, it's raining in Foxborough. Did you agree with the decision?
3: I did not, and the reason why, not because the kick was missed, mm-hmm. but because even if you make it, you still left Brady time the other way. I thought if you convert the first down, you put yourself in a situation where with Nick Folk you're going to have a great opportunity to be able to take more time off the clock and win this game with a shorter field goal.
5: I don't even think that if he makes that field goal, they're a favorite at that point in the game. What do they need, 40 yards to get in field goal range? Yeah, and 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 look, let's be honest. Antonio Brown lost a ball in the lights and then dropped another touchdown pass on the last drive. The Tampa Bay had scored their previous four consecutive drives. i make wow. great... Brady with 55 seconds and two timeouts, a favorite there to get a field goal to win the game. Yeah, I tend to agree I with mean, you. I mean, it will come down to suck a field goal attempt probably, but still. Yeah, you still feel pretty good about your chances. I think if you're Belichick, the, your kick to win the game has to be the last play of the game with three seconds, not with a minute to go. Yeah,
3: you either win or, and you go home or you lose. If you don't make it on fourth down, you don't make it. Especially with three yards. I know they weren't able to run the ball effectively last night, but still. I thought Mac Jones, when you look at the stats, was tremendous on the short passings.
5: All right, let's get into what we do on Mondays to kick off the show. What I call Shenanigans where you react to some of the things you saw over the weekend that you might not have 100% agreed with. Let's start out with the Jets. Third and goal from the one and third and one, 21 for the Titans. Yeah, so the
3: Jets have the ball. Third and goal at the one yard line in overtime. They run a QB waggle with uh, Zach Wilson, who's got an opportunity. To, he thought maybe to get in the end zone, but the Titans covered it very well. Instead of just throwing it away because there was a receiver in the area, this was a design running play, but they had a tight end available. He eats the ball and goes out of bounds. There's not even an option to go for it on fourth down. Now they got to kick a field goal. Typical New York Jets. Then third down and 21, you see the Titans' Derrick Henry on the first down play runs into one of his own teammates. He goes down like timber, and then they sack Ryan Tannehill. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, here come the Jets. They're going to get their first win. No, they give up uh, 20 yards on third down and 21. I'm like, could this be any more New York Jets than this?
5: I, I would also, though... Criticized the Tennessee Titans in overtime who clearly were playing for a tie. They were in zero hurry at all to try to get into a touchdown striking range. I thought. Absolutely correct. It was unbelievable. Now I will say this, the
3: tie is more valuable than the loss in the NFL. When you go to the final standings. However, there was no sense of urgency of Not- trying to win the game. It just seemed like the way they were taking their time. They had
5: four and a half minutes and they're running the ball. They're huddling. They're well,
3: maybe they were Donovan McNabb and they thought there was a, a sixth quarter.
5: <laughs> um, The kneecap biter, head coach of the Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell. How
3: about this? Four trips that are uh, 10-yard line, inside the 10-yard line yesterday. First one was a bad snap. By the way, have you ever seen a snap like this where it bounces off the shoulder pad off the quarterback and the defensive lineman catches it in the air? Unbelievable. Never seen anything like that. Then they have a situation where they get stopped on fourth down and short. They go for it, don't make it, then a sack fumble. Late game situation, I get all the analytics idiots are going to sit there and tell me, oh, you got to go for it because the math support's going on fourth and one. Okay, if you want to go, I don't have a problem with that. How about running the football? Trish, try and run the ball for half. If you can't get one yard running the football, then you probably shouldn't be a team who's going for it on fourth down. If you kick the field goal and you make it a seven-point game, you put pressure on the Bears. Now there's game pressure in a seven-point game where there's a possibility you get the ball back. They moved the ball particularly well
5: up until they got to inside the Bears' 10-yard line all game. Can I add this? To, to your Dan Campbell rant, with finally they force a fourth down for the Bears with a minute to go, and yeah. they're down two scores. They line up offsides. They line up offsides on the punt attempt on fourth and three, but a timeout is called. They come out of the timeout and line up offsides again. Punt. Bears punt it away. Offsides. First down. Game over. Kneel down. I didn't see that part of it. I, I turned off the game. I'm screaming. The- I'm sitting there with Mitch and Paul at Bar Canada before the timeout. Yell that the Bears called before the punt because they were lending a run down as far as they could. Three guys are offsides. What are they doing? It's at the 50-yard line, so the camera's right down the line. They're and Then they call timeout. I said, because I had the Lions plus three, I thought I got a shot at a push. They get the ball back. I get lucky. No, they come out of the timeout. They line up offsides again. Flag goes up as soon as the snap. Offsides, first down, Bears game over. I, I tell
3: you what, though. You've got to get some points in these trips into the red zone. If they had taken some points along the way, it's a much more
5: competitive game. 2020 NFL Coach of the Year and Cleveland Brown headband, Kevin Stefanski.
3: Well, first of all, some of the decisions, late-game situation, not utilizing the run to force Minnesota to use their final timeout. Vikings don't have a chance to even get within the 30 yards if they were forced to utilize their final timeout on defense instead of having one in their back pocket. I couldn't believe it. They gave this team a chance. And then, by the way, Baker Mayfield, how about hitting somebody that's open? OBJ,
5: Austin Hooper, guys are wide open, and they couldn't even hit anybody. How, about, how good would this team be if they had an above-average quarterback? Well, I'll that tell you what, defense, okay, Minnesota has a seven-and-a-half-minute drive. They convert a fourth down and score a touchdown. They yeah. never got in the red zone the rest of the game. Uh, and that offense has moved the ball on everyone.
3: It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, even at the end of the first half, we see them get the ball back with an opportunity there, and they get a field goal. It, it was just unbelievable to me some of the things. is a great play caller, but I thought the decision-making late in the game was very
5: surprising. It opened the door there for Minnesota. Several a times bit. he could have run. At the end of the first half, they ran the ball all the way down to the four-yard line and then started passing again. He didn't make Zimmer use his timeouts. He could he, They got a, a holding call, so they got another set of downs. But in that situation, Zimmer would have had no timeouts. They wouldn't even have had a shot. Instead, they get the ball back with a minute left and a timeout. Of course, their defense held up, and they, and they didn't score there.
3: Also, to me, I mm. thought they should have taken the three points in that situation where they got the holding yeah. penalty. Mm. It, they, they were benefactors of that, but... To me, they were playing too much of
5: the analytics game. And look, Minnesota was not moving the football on you. You you take a field goal that's valuable in a game like this. I said this would be the first time Cousins faced real pressure all year, and it was. Um, Denver head coach and Michael Lombardi favorite Vic Fangio.
3: Okay, here's the thing. He got all ticked off at the end of the game when the Ravens ran the ball for three or four yards to get that 100-yard streak. First of all, I don't know why anybody gets bothered by that. The objective in the game is to play full 60 minutes. You do in games that are close. I couldn't help it if Fangio's team decided to take the final... What was it, 44 minutes of the game off offensively? No Teddy, uh, two gloves, he gets injured with the concussion. Drew Locke comes in there, plays like typical Drew Locke. But more importantly, they were down 13 points. Uh, Baltimore has the football. Why is Banjo with three timeouts not calling timeout on defense? Look, to me, if you are not trying to win the game, then when you get the ball on offense, instead of putting your players in harm's way, take a knee. Just take a knee and say, you know what, this game is over, we're conceding. I don't know, if you're down 40 points, I don't even want guys running the ball into the line of scrimmage. Take a knee. Your players go through too much physically. What is he doing? Are you playing to win the game or not?
5: The man, Matt Metcalf, circus sports director, called the greatest offensive mind in college football of our generation and your hero, Dan Mullen.
3: Yeah, Dan Mullen is now like 2-23 or something. 2-29 versus it's, the top 10. 2-29 two, two versus top 10. Now, granted, most of those numbers yeah. have come against when he was at Mississippi yeah. State, and a lot of them have come with Alabama. Uh, disappointing uh, game there in Lexington for the Gators, uh, the way they played that one. But it was the block field goal on special teams. That was the difference for Mark Stoops' team. Um, Look, I get your point on Dan Mullen, but still, let me ask you a question. Here's the question I ask everybody when they want to fire somebody they want to replace a head coach or a quarterback. Who are you going to replace him with? I never said that.
5: I just said, why is there no pressure on him if he never gets back in the national picture? Is that what Florida's happy with right now? And I guess it is because they've gone through such a period after Urban where they were bad, and they weren't even at this level of 9 or 10 wins a year. It's not just about that. It's about the economics
3: of it. Think about it. Uh, Auburn looked at it and said, listen, we're not going to win with Gus Malzahn, but since we acquiesced to Jimmy Sexton every time like morons, Mm -hmm. we're going to have to pay Gus Malzahn $20 million to go away. People get threatened for a hell of a lot less money in this town. Why wouldn't you threaten this guy and say, listen, we're not paying you the $20 million buyout? The question is, okay, even if you replace Dan Mullen, who's not an elite-level recruiter, to me, Florida's one of those programs. You need an elite recruiter. You could be a dominant program every year. I, I just think you're, you're sitting there looking at the situation. You look in the SEC right now. How is Michigan State ranked in the top 15? There are five teams in the SEC I would take ahead of I think Michigan they're State. they're ranked like 11th or 12th. So it but, might be 11th, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, there are five or six teams I would take over Michigan State in the SEC right now. All I'm saying is, when you look at Florida, he took over an absolute car wreck, just like Scott Frost took over at Nebraska. Seems like things are going in the right direction in Lincoln right now. Uh, so I, I don't know if I'm ready to necessarily annoy. Here's the problem with Dan Mullen. He's going to have two losses right now, to two teams that are combined 10-0, and 0, but he'll turn around and come back and beat uh, George and all of a sudden everyone's going to be like, oh, Dan Mullen can coach.
5: Um, you know, they had seven plays from the from the nine-yard line because they got a holding call, and they got a reset of downs for a touchdown to tie that game. It, you know, Metcalf said in the tweet, it seemed like there was a crowd noise that caused him to think, but they were pausing if you watch that. They were pausing and like waiting two or three seconds to snap the ball, trying to draw Kentucky offside. They themselves all started twice during that sequence because of that. I thought because of waiting the extra time. I thought it was a bad strategic move. Washington head coach Jimmy Lake.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, uh, the lake is evaporating quickly. The bottom line is they're in trouble up there. I didn't like the decision to go for it on fourth and one at about your own 45-yard line because if you don't make it, they need one first down. And the way uh, they've been running the football, you were in trouble. And how about Oregon State now emerging? With the Civil War could be for the Pac-12 North this year.
5: Let me ask you this question. Yeah. Is Jonathan Smith the best head coach
3: in the Pac-12? You know, it's funny. Uh-huh. I, I was on the phone this morning with somebody from USC, and we were talking about coaching situations. Mm-hmm. Chip, Chip Kelly's getting in a little bit of hotter water. Who do you bring in? I said Jeff Hafley's the guy that you, yeah. uh, that you could potentially hire. Remember, the UCLA AD was at uh, Ohio State, and then he hired Halfley at Boston College in case they make a move with Chip. Boy, that's a great question, and right now... He might be. Herm Edwards would have gotten an opportunity. Kyle Kyle Whittingham would have been on that list, but he's regressed this year. I still love Whittingham. He's a great coach. By the way, how about Herm Edwards sending a guy back to fair catch a punt with 10 seconds left in the half? He was playing to lose the game. What the hell are you (laughs) doing there? What is
5: the purpose of fair catching the ball at the 10-yard line? They gave the Bruins three points. I didn't bounce around. The clock runs out. The worst case scenario is you paw forward from the one-yard line. The half's over. If it lands at the one, at the two, you can still take a kneel down. If it lands at the one. That's true. All right, when we come back. We're going to continue the shenanigans along with my four burning questions on the NFL and a Monday Night Football preview. That's next on Odds On.
4: Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point
3: Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your
4: podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be my That's my, my goal!
2: bro.
4: <laughs> <laughs> with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on vSEN, the sports betting network.
5: welcome back this segment of odds on is presented by zen nicotine pouches zen is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms zen nicotine pouches are a smoke-free spit-free and hassle-free tobacco alternative that can be enjoyed on the go anywhere and anytime so you never miss a minute of the game or the tailgate party available in 10 varieties including spearmint coffee and a mall's favorite citrus zen can be found at convenience stores nationwide so you can find your zen wherever you are Zen's nicotine pouches are clean and discreet with no lingering smell. Plus, it's easy to use indoors or out, making it the perfect complement to your everyday. Also, Zen comes in two th- two strengths so you have control over your nicotine satisfaction. Zen contains nicotine and is only for adult nicotine consumers 21+. Learn more and find your local retailer at zen.com that's z y n.com. Warning: This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He's a Mall Shaw. I want to finish your list off here because you do a good job compiling it. You've got the undefeated Cincinnati Bearcats on your list.
3: Well, they're not making the college football playoff.
5: What? That's depressing to me because I hold a ticket on it.
3: Well, I looked at their schedule, mm-hmm. and I asked this—I asked myself this question: If there were 20 teams to play their schedule, how many would go undefeated the rest of the way? And I think all 20 would be. They play in three consecutive weeks. Three teams that are one and four: Tulsa. Navy and um, I forgot what other team in the American Conference they're facing off against. Their schedule is just not challenging enough, and it doesn't help when UCF loses to Navy as a 15-point road favorite. You're not going to get too much traction getting into the playoff there. You're going to have wins against a mediocre 2-3 and three Indiana team. Notre Dame could potentially have a hiccup against USC. They need Notre Stanford. Dame to
5: beat USC, Stanford, and North Carolina and Virginia Tech. They need Notre Dame to run the table here, really, to make Let's the Let's say argument. Notre Dame winds up with three losses. Are they getting in? But What if Notre Dame winds up with only this one loss? Why? Is everyone else on their schedule not playing them? Well, I'm not saying that. But do you think Notre Dame's going to be a touchdown
3: underdog in any of these games? Doesn't matter what the odds are. I know one thing. Jack is still the quarterback. Mm. By, by the way, it was funny. I saw your tweet <laughs> about Dan Mullen. You know, I didn't tweet back at you because of watching games. Where the hell do you get the balls to sit there and tweet about Dan Mullen when Notre Dame hasn't been relevant on the national spotlight in 30 years? Three decades.
5: I'm not I'm not saying Brian Kelly should have the job for life. Although he is now the winningest coach in the history of I liked his reaction when they said, What does it mean to be the winningest coach? He said, I'll be remembered as the coach that didn't win a national championship. It doesn't matter that I'm the winningest coach.
3: Well, he's right he's mm-hmm. right about that. By the way, does he actually say anything during the games or is he just a statue? He's just a mute during the entire game. Uh Finally
5: on your list, Jimbo Fisher.
3: By the way, how good do you feel if you're one of those big money donors in College Station? I know uh, uh, the president of Silicon Valley Bank's a an and m big-time donor down there. Let me tell you right now, they better be writing checks to fire Jimbo. Losing to Mike Leach at home? You don't even have a pulse of an offense from an offensive guru? Give me a break. This, this is what they're paying for? This is what they give this guy an extension for? This is the problem with athletic directors in college football. Why did you give Jimbo an extension based on what has he done to justify that? You're, you're going to get murdered by Alabama. We already know that. Bryce Young is unbelievable. Look at the statistics. This Alabama team, I'll tell you what, I was wrong on them, how well they played defensively. Incredibly impressive. But to me, you got Jimbo extended. You don't even have a quarterback to back up Haynes King. I mean, this is pathetic in terms of
5: what they are. They struggled in that football game. Yeah, I know they had a chance late in this one, but come on, Mississippi State? I, I played it under. LSU shut down that Mississippi State offense in the first half. And and this game they didn't they didn't really even slow them down. So not only are they poor offensively, the defense didn't show up either at home. Well, it's hard with the defense when you're on the field every third play. Yeah. Okay, let's go to uh, my four burning questions about the NFL. Them all. Let's start out with number one. Which of these one and three teams has the best shot of making the playoffs? The Vikings, who are plus two dollars, the Patriots, who are plus two twenty five, or the Colts, who are plus one fifty.
3: Ooh, I would say probably the Colts because of the division. Remember, you mm-hmm. still have Jacksonville, you have Houston there. By the way,
5: Houston should just get points for crossing the 50-yard line. I mean, they're awful. <laughs> they're the team we thought they were going to be before Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor was announced. The great Denny Green line. They are who we, we thought,
3: thought they, they were. <laughs> were.
5: Yeah, exactly. 80 passing yards and four interceptions for Stanford guy, Davis Mills, yesterday. Who's the best of the three teams? Colts, Patriots, and Vikings. I would say the Vikings. I agree with you. Uh that, you know, look, they've been
3: in every game. It's a one possession game. I thought yesterday it looked like Cleveland was completely in control of that. If Baker Mayfield could hit water if he fell out of a boat, they win that game comfortably. It's not even close. My teaser would have lost if Baker actually yeah. had a pulse yesterday. Uh, but overall, I think Minnesota has had an opportunity to be 3 and 1 so far.
5: Yesterday at SoFi, Cardinals 37, Rams 20. Did we learn more about the Cardinals or more about the Rams yesterday? I thought we learned learn more about the
3: Cardinals. You know, I, I got burned on this one. I like the Rams here. They get smoked. It wasn't even close. I will tell you one thing that was interesting to me in this game. I want to get your thoughts on this. There was an opportunity late in the first half when they could have, uh, they pushed the holding penalty, gave Kyler Murray third and 14 at about the 40-yard line with Prater there. I didn't think that was the right move because if you get five yards, you're going to kick a field goal. But I thought if you allowed him to try a 47-yard field goal, assuming he makes it, you're going to get the ball back with yeah. a minute 55 left. Your offense can go down the field. I was surprised. They decided to decline the penalty. Arizona ends up kicking a field goal at the end of the half, but there's no time left on the clock.
5: I agree with you. I agree with you. It didn't make sense because you want to give yourself a shot there. You're trailing in that game. You can get it down to one score at that point. Um, Number three, we've seen the Saints now lose at the Superdome. We've seen the Seahawks lose at Quest. We've seen the Broncos lose at Mile High. We've seen the Chiefs lose at Arrowhead. We've seen the Bills lose at Orchard Park. Is Lambeau Field the greatest home field advantage in the NFL right now?
3: Well, are we basing it on the fact that they played the Pittsburgh Steelers, who Mike Tomlin decides to punt in the fourth quarter down by 17 points? He inside? does this all the
5: time. He punts down by, he punts on fourth and five down nine with four minutes to go every year at some point. <laughs> it's it really
3: is unbelievable. Um, I mean, look, they played Detroit and they played uh, oh, Pittsburgh. B-
5: Buffalo lost to the same Pittsburgh team at home. That's fair. It was week one. Uh, Pitt,
3: Buffalo right now for the last three weeks has been the best mm. team, the way they've played over the last three weeks. But, uh, I still think Kansas City is the toughest place to play.
5: Sunday night, Buffalo at Kansas City. That should be a great, great one. Yeah. Finally, which rookie quarterback impressed you the most this weekend? Zach Wilson was 21 of 34 for 297. Two touchdowns, one interception, gets his first win. Trey Lance in release of, relief of Jimmy Garoppolo, 9 of 18, 165. Two touchdowns, one to Debo Samuels, where he must have been wearing an invisible uh, jersey, and 41 rushing yards in the loss. Mac Jones 31 of 40, 275 two touchdowns one interception and a loss to Tom Brady and the Patriots. Trevor Lawrence on Thursday night who I thought looked awfully good. 17 of 24 for 204 yards, no touchdowns but no interceptions. Or your guy from Ohio State Justin Fields, 11 for 17 but 209 yards, one interception, didn't run much, just 9 rushing yards.
3: Yeah, let's break these guys down real quickly. Okay. Mac Jones, I didn't see outside of three plays of that okay. game. I only saw the final three plays, the third down or the second down, third down and the fourth down decision. I was a little bit surprised by that, but from what I saw Chris Collinsworth post game comments, he said Mac Jones impressed everybody. So I'll give him a lot of credit. Statistically, he was outstanding. Trey Lance, I'm going to take off the board. He was not overly impressive. He missed some throws there. I thought Zach Wilson really got it going. He's good on the uh, deep ball, did a really nice job. Corey Davis also had a couple of good catches. Uh, They got Jamison Crowder back in the mix there. Him being healthy had an impact on that one. I was really impressed with Zach Wilson. Justin Fields, the one interception was a ball that was bad at the lineman's line of scrimmage lines, made a terrific play on. I thought he was terrific on his deep balls. He did a really nice job there. Lawrence, to me, was incredibly impressive as well. I, I would honestly give, outside of Trey Lance, all four of those other guys an A grade. I thought they all impressed. I thought they all played with some confidence. I thought the most important game, though, was for... The other three guys who had struggled the previous week, which was Wilson, uh, Lawrence, and Fields, they all seemed like they got a little bit more confidence. The Bears' play calling and offensive line was better. They allowed him to take deep shots. Wilson did the same thing. Wilson did miss a key throw to Davis on third down and 10. If he completes it, Mike, the game is over. He missed him, and he was open.
5: Tonight, a battle atop the AFC West at SoFi. The 3-0 Raiders take on the 2-1 and Chargers. Chargers are a field goal favorite at home. Money line, minus 170. Total is 51 and a half. Good game. Important game in the division race. Important game in the wild card race as well. I don't have a play on this game. all your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I lean towards the uh, Chargers here at home minus three. This is, the number is right where it should be. I thought it was going to be three and a half, but I didn't play this one either. I will tell you right now, Mike, when I look at it, um, I think these, this is a very important game because the Chargers are a two and one. They win this game to three and one. They have one of the two games against the Raiders as a head-to-head. And then you've got Kansas City-Buffalo coming up next week. If Excuse me, if the Bills win that game, all of a sudden Kansas City's in trouble for home field advantage. They are now then three games behind Buffalo because you'd be two in the standings itself and then the head-to-head tiebreaker. So when you're looking at the Chargers and the Raiders, you have to give them strong consideration right now with the rest of the AFC. They've got the head-to-head against the Ravens. This game is far more important than we anticipated coming into the uh, regular season.
5: Interesting stat last night on Sunday Night Football. Tom Brady is 20-5 and five when going heads-up with a rookie quarterback, which he had in Mac Jones. But he's 14, he was 14-1 and one in the last 15. The last time he had lost to a rookie quarterback, Geno Smith with the Jets in 2013 was the last time he would lost against the
3: rookie. Yeah, that was when Rex Ryan's team had a
5: defense, yeah. right? They were, able to, they were able to play effectively back then. And we'll get into this more tomorrow, but yeah. the two wild-card matchups are set. Yankees at Boston, Garrett Cole, Nathan Evoldi, Cole, a small favorite, around a dollar fifteen.
3: Well, look, Colehead didn't pitch particularly well in his last outing. Uh, I love the way this race team competed against the Yankees over the weekend. By the way, they should have won that game yesterday. But give Boston credit. Come from behind. I think, what were they down? 5-1 against Washington yeah, yesterday? Yeah,
5: yeah, our guy Eric Fetty from Las Vegas came in and gave up uh, four runs in the top of the seven.
3: Well, Fetty doing what
5: Fetty does. Yeah.
3: I mean, that's uh,
5: Here's the interesting thing to me, too. In the scenario that they all four tied, if the Yankees and Red Sox had lost and the Mariners and Blue Jays had won, It becomes a four-team playoff in the wildcard. The Yankees had the choice of going to Toronto or going to Boston for the first game. They chose to go to Boston. That decision was made before the games yesterday. Interesting. They got what they wanted. When we come back, we'll take a look at the burning questions in college football.
4: This is Odds On with Mike Pom and Amal Shaw on Sin the sports betting network.
5: The NHL season is almost here, and our hockey betting experts are ready for all the action. The VEASAN Hockey Betting Guide is now available with strategies and best bets for the season ahead. Get in-depth analysis from Andy McNeil with predictions for teams and players, win totals, daily betting tips, as well as season-long trends to watch. The guide is a must-have with key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those new to the sport. Give yourself an edge this season. Get your dib- digital copy now. I'm all it's only $9.99. Go to vison.com slash subscribe. Just 999. That's the NHL hockey betting guide. It's out. Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He is a Shaw. I'm all wanted to start out with a contest update. This is pretty amazing. Kid that was 15 and zero. went three and two in the Circa Million. He has a chance to have a five way tie for first. But there's another player that has 18 points already and has the Raiders tonight. Plus three. If the Raiders tie or win, that player wins solely the whole uh, hundred eighty thousand dollars for first place. If not, if the Chargers cover the three, then there's a five-way tie, and they split all that money. That's uh, they get about fifty thousand each. Those five guys, the hundred eighty and the second and third, all get split five ways. Okay, I was there, gonna, there'll uh, be five guys end up eighteen and two.
3: I was going to say I was going to question your accounting there, Andrew. Yeah. Fastow.
5: <laughs> uh, now on to Survivor. Um, you had Cincinnati. Yeah. You remain. Uh, we did see some carnage this week. We went from 2,900 down to about 2,200. 4,09 go out on the Saints. Yep. 1,51 go out on the Titans. Four yep. Dolphins. Uh, one Viking. 19 that said, uh, you know what? I made it through three weeks. Survivor, just not exciting. It's not fun. I'm good. I got my $1,000 hat. I'm not going to put my pick in. Well,
3: <laughs> I, I, I can't argue with that. That was, <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. What? I give you full credit on that one. However, I just want to tell you something. You sit there and say, how do these people not get the picks in? I'm telling you what happens is people get busy. You're doing things
5: on a Saturday and they forget. You mean to tell me that Survivor is not everyone's obsession for five months like it is for some. I could tell you right now in the second week or so,
3: I got a phone call from somebody and they asked me this. They said, Who'd you take in Survivor? I said, hold oh. on. I, I got to oh. call you back. I, I didn't. I'm telling you right now, Mike. I didn't have a prayer of getting it in.
5: If that person wouldn't have asked you, yeah. it was out of your mind.
3: 100. College football's on. I'm not worried about it.
5: Yeah. Um, and there are four tonight that still have the Chargers. Uh, the consensus in the millions is two and two, um, with the Chargers to be determined tonight. Winners with the Seahawks plus three and Ravens plus one. Losers with the Bucks minus six and a half, and Vikings plus two. All right. Let's turn our attention for the rest of the show. The college football, what we really love here. Uh Rough weekend for me. On odds. uh, Yeah, I mean. Four four and six in college football. Six and seven overall. You had six losses in college football. You don't have six losses in a month sometimes in college football.
3: Well, I I tell you, it got off to a rough start on Saturday morning early, right? Lose three in the morning games and then uh, go from there, bounce back. But I I tell you. What went wrong at UCLA?
5: That was your strongest pick.
3: Yeah, it was. And I'll tell you, the problem was. I didn't realize, and it's actually my fault, Chip Kelly is unaware that you actually have to co- coach the other side of the ball. Yeah. you
5: got to play some defense. They didn't score in the second half, and Arizona State scored 18-0. That's shocking to me. If you would have said UCLA would be scoreless for a half against anybody this year, including Alabama or Georgia, I would have bet the no. Anyway. I would agree
3: <laughs> with you. I would agree with you. It was really disappointing, but I, I tell you what, the you know what, listen, because we're so enamored with the college football playoff, I think the best race is going to be in the Big 12 and the Pac-12 this year. It's gonna, I think it's wide open. How about the ACC?
5: Nobody cares about that league. Okay. All right. <laughs> college football burning questions, them all Question number one. The current college football playoff format has four teams. There have been several proposals for expansion, including to six, eight, and even 12 teams. Wouldn't the fairest way to crown this year's national champion be to have Alabama and Georgia play a best two out of three? I No,
3: because... We've had so many other years where you've had teams that are expected. Remember in 2000, was it two or three, when Oklahoma was murdering everybody by 35 points, and you know this is a great team, and then they're going to go face off and they lose to Kansas State. They get absolutely walloped. Uh, I think you let the play out. I, you know What happens if Bryce Young gets hurt? Who knows? I think there's so many scenarios there. I'll tell you one thing that concerns me, though, from a Georgia perspective. Best defense in the country right now. However, I don't know if Daniels has enough to put up enough points against Alabama to beat them. That's my concern from an offensive standpoint. Matt Corral's the quarterback of Georgia. They're winning the national title.
5: I don't know that Alabama scores that many on Georgia. This That's defensive point. line. That's fair point. Oh, they Arkansas were unbelievable. didn't even try to throw deep because they knew he wouldn't have time. All they did was run swings and counters and couldn't move the. I knew, you know, I took I had 18 with Arkansas. You knew it was over early. I, I laid 23 and a half halfway through the first quarter because I said, we're not even going to score.
3: I took the under because I knew Arkansas wasn't going to score they, they couldn't score they, and I knew Did they, they crossed
5: midfield once, was it,
3: yeah, and I knew Kirby would never run it up on him no, because Sam Pittman was the old line coach right. there with them, right he was so one you, of his guys yeah yep. final score thirty seven nothing I thought that was the most complete football game Georgia has played in several years and, and i this Georgia was what I thought this program should have been for a long time
5: if Georgia and Alabama played on a neutral field tomorrow, which they're probably going to do in Atlanta, yeah uh. What do you make the number on that game? I, I think four. You think Alabama's four? You think well, it's I think the game's lower. closer to a pick. I think this Georgia is every bit as good as Alabama.
3: I, I agree with you, but you got to remember, Alabama gets a lot of cachet because of who they are.
5: Yeah. Um, question two. Big Ten undefeateds Iowa, Penn State, Michigan, and Michigan State, as well as preseason chalk one loss Ohio State, were all impressive in victory this past weekend. Who wins the Big Ten, but more importantly, Who is worth a wager to win the Big Ten right now? Ohio State is minus 138. Iowa plus 360. Penn State plus six dollars. Michigan plus eight dollars. Michigan State twenty-five to one.
3: Okay, so who wins the Big Ten? Ohio State. Who's the best wager? Iowa and Michigan. And the reason is this. Michigan obviously hosts Ohio State. They they got a I think they go to state college. They can win that game. Iowa Because they're coming out of the Big Ten West, they can drop this game to Penn State, and if they don't have to face Ohio State, still has a chance to be able to win the Big Ten. Penn State, to me, is playing as well as anybody, but the reason why I can't pick them, they've got to go to Iowa, they've got to go to Columbus, they've got to still play Michigan. They've got the most daunting schedule of everyone remaining.
5: Number three, despite recent failures, there was plenty of excitement for the Pac-12 this year. Did the conference's hopes of landing a playoff team die on the farm at Stanford Saturday afternoon?
3: Yeah, you're going to have to call the FBI to get it to uh, exhume the bodies from the farm. I mean, the reality of it is, Oregon just died there on the on the lo- uh, on the opportunity on the farm. There, you know, I said this earlier. Anthony Brown is the difference between Oregon being as good as Georgia and Alabama. The lack of quarterback play. You have a recycled quarterback from Boston College as your starting quarterback. You can't get one guy. You got weapons everywhere at Oregon. Go get a quarterback. You've had quarterbacks. Why does Mario Cristobal have Anthony Brown? I think they got the uh, young freshman Ty Simpson is the kid's name. Play this kid. You. This is a team to me. I don't know if they would have won it all, but I thought this was a team deserving of a shot at the college football playoff. I think it's going to be really tough now, and I, I cannot wait for the Civil War. It's going to be in Eugene this year. The way Oregon State and Jonathan Smith, Jonathan Smith the way you alluded to it earlier, this is going to be a great game.
5: I don't think anybody can get in. I guess our Oregon has the biggest win right yeah. at Ohio State. If Arizona State runs the table, they still have a loss at BYU. Cougar's are gonna go undefeated. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And won't get in like just like Cincinnati. Right. Yeah. Everybody will be on the outside looking in. Here's a tough question for you. After five weeks, who do you have winning the Heisman? I, you know Bryce Young's your favorite now. Yeah. At plus one twenty, but I'm not sold.
3: He his numbers are amazing. Mm-hmm. I think Matt Corral's got great stats. Also, Mac Corral's got 9 or 10 touchdown passes, no interceptions, 5 rushing touchdowns. Young's, I think, 16 or 17 and 2. He, he's been outstanding in terms of what
5: he's been able I to you, do. I tell you, Corral at plus, one tw- at plus 280, Young at plus 120. Ritter 12 to 1, Stroud 20 to 1. I draw a line through them. I draw a line through Rattler at 25 to 1. I'd rather take a shot at Kenneth Walker at 30 to 1 than those other three quarterbacks that are next in line.
3: I hear you, but the problem is, are you convinced Michigan State, who's sitting there at, four, what are they, 4 and over right now, or 5-0? 5-0. Mm, uh, that they're going to end up with at least an 8-3 and three record, 9-3 and three record? I don't know. Big Ten's pretty deep. I, I don't know. You know, I don't like this Heisman thing, because first of all, so much of it is based on preseason
5: hype. Uh, I would agree with you there. Uh, let's start to get into the Wilder right here, yeah. with the college football lines, because there's plenty of them to debate this week, and I, and I don't want to get cut short. Let's start in the Pac-12, where Stanford, off their big win against Oregon on the farm, now travel down to Tempe to take on Arizona State, who had the big win at the Rose Bowl. Arizona State laying more than 10, 10 and a half at home to David Shaw and Stanford. Wild.
3: <laughs> this line should be about 8, mm. 7 or 8, in my opinion. I, Stanford, they're, they're the most frustrating uh-huh. team in college football. Right? They go and beat Oregon. They come from behind. They had no business winning that game. Uh, McKee goes down with an injury on the last drive. They find a way to rally. And now, all of a sudden, this team uh, is going on the road. I will tell you, Mike, though, uh, the weather is cooling right now in Tempe. So that'll, that'll be a bit of a factor. It won't be as hot as it normally would be in, in mid-early September.
5: I thought Mario Cristobal coached that game like he never thought he could lose it, even though they were down 10 Yes, down. They hit a first and goal at the three, and they ran this option pass play and got called for a crackback. Moved it back to the 24 from the three on that play, and then they got sacked and kicked the field. I mean, they just didn't. There was a horrible, that was a horrible P.I. call, though. They should have won the game. You saw, Did you see the end of the I, game? I'm still looking for the P.I. I don't think he touched him. I didn't either. I, I was like, wow, some home cooking. And David Lionel Richie Shaw, who throws not once, not twice, but three times the fade routes, comes away with a victory at the end, and he won't go for two. Up next on Odds On, we'll continue on with College Football Lines, Wild or Right.
4: As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds...
3: It was shocking.
4: I have to know. What were they thinking? Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano
5: on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: It wasn't even supposed to
5: my That's my, my game,
4: <laughs> This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on vSEN, the sports betting network.
3: Bet River Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. Bet Rivers has you covered for the NFL season. They're offering same game parlays in all pro football matchups. They're bringing back their Reduce the Juice promotion on game days. And this NFL season, they have a $1 million Beat the Spread challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Bet Rivers. Download the app or go to BetRivers.com. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER, Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Colorado 1-800-522-4700, Michigan one 800 270 7117 Virginia 1-888-532-3500, and Iowa will call 1-800-BETS-OFF.
5: Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He's a mall show. We're going to continue to go through college football lines uh, for week number six, Wilder, right? You know, Jonathan Smith, if USC reached out to him, do you think he leaves Oregon State? That's his alma mater. Would he take that chance? Wait. Jonathan if, Smith, John, if Jonathan Smith, the head coach at Oregon State, if USC pursued him for the head coaching vacancy, I, do you think he'd go? Well, they wouldn't hire him. So no? No. You don't there, think no, so? No chance about that. But I thought he played quarterback at Oregon State. He did. That's his alma mater, Oregon State. I
3: thought you said USC was. No, no, yeah, yeah, no, no yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No. Well, if they, on the off chance. I mean, he's they, building the program at his alma mater. Well, on the off chance, they dial a wrong number, they connect with him. Uh, yeah, of
5: course he takes the job. Is he ahead or behind uh, Deion Sanders on the, on the short list? The, the, there should only be one person on Halfley, the list. Halfley. Jeff Halfley. Well, I'd put Fickle on the list, but he probably won't leave Ohio. Um, you can't hire a guy that's lived in Ohio his whole life. Speaking of Ohio, Temple goes to play the Bearcats. Temple, I watched this game from the Lincoln. They beat Lin. Memphis. But yeah, they beat Memphis. They looked, they looked okay. They couldn't do anything against Boston College, to your point. And, and good call on Boston College. I followed you. Clemson shouldn't be laying 16 to anybody because they can't score 16. Well, that's what we said. They, uh, yeah, mean, they're uh, not going to uh, score enough it's points. Exactly. 16-13. That was the game we thought it would be. By the way, BC, did you watch the whole game? I did not. I watched five-minute bursts of it. They hit the tight
3: end at about the 11-yard mm-hmm. line, and he just stepped out of bounds because there was about a minute left or yeah. 40 seconds. He had looked. He turns around. Yes. He could have gotten another five yards. They got first and goal at about the five. Well, that's a
5: game they should have yeah. won. Yeah. Temple goes to Cincinnati to play the Bearcats. This number is 29. Is that too many against the Temple team on the improve? Uh,
3: I, I think the one argument you could make is potentially simply a letdown spot for Temple. Should have thought about this with the LA Rams letdown after the big Buccaneers mm. game. But in this one, I, I think since Cincinnati coming off that huge win against Notre Dame. Now you got to turn around. But at the same time, you make the argument, now everything's in front of you. Just run the table, be dominant, and you got an opportunity there. If, if the Big 12, the Pac-12, and the Big 10 all implode, you got a great chance. So, I don't know. I, I, let's go with this is right.
5: Are style points on Fickle's mind the rest of the way out? I think so if you're Cincinnati, because a lot of people
3: are not going to be tuning into your games. They'll Mm -hmm. be checking score updates. And you can't be putting up points in the fourth quarter when you're winning 14-7 and then you win 35-7. From the State Fair in Dallas,
5: it's the Red River Showdown. Oklahoma plays Texas. Texas, I thought, looked good, and maybe the final score wasn't indicative of that game. They pretty much did what they wanted to against TCU offensively. Oklahoma, I thought Kansas State had them on upset alert there. They were creative in their game plan. Oklahoma is really not explosive offensively, right? They're more—they're more of a grinded-out team. Oklahoma opens as a field goal favorite at the State Fair against Texas. Is this wild or right? Absolutely right.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait for this game. Yeah. To me, this is the best game in college football every year. I mean, I'm biased, but uh, this is—if you are a college football fan that likes to go to games—and if you haven't been to this one, this is the game you must go to. This, this is going to be a great game. I can't wait. This is going to be like the old games that we had in the 2000s where it was always a top 25 matchup. Oklahoma's been dominant for the majority of the last couple of decades in this series, but I expect Bijan Robinson and company to be ready. Best running back in college football. He showed it on Saturday. Is this a preview of the Big 12 title game? Let's see. Texas lost out of conference. Right. Iowa State is slipping. By the way, don't discount Oklahoma State in Bedlam. How about that finish there with Mike Gundy and company? They go for it on fourth down. If they had gotten the first down, they don't cover the number, but they get the touchdown and they get the cover against Baylor.
5: Arkansas and Old Miss. I feel bad for these two teams in the fact that they had to go up against, they had to go to Tuscaloosa, they had to go to Athens, and now there's no breath for them after those two beatdowns. They face each other. I think this is going to be a very good football game. This is in Oxford. Ole Miss, just less than a touchdown lane, six and a half. Is this wild or right?
3: I think it's a little bit high. Uh, but, you know, my differential would be at about four and a half yeah. or five. And in terms of the number between four and seven, not as much of a concern, but six and a half seems a little bit high. By the way, Lane Kiffin, high in my book after throwing the headset. Jeremy, Jamie Erdahl is about as nice as they come, so I feel bad that she was the one
5: interviewing him. But I, I just love the tossing of the headset like, hey, let's go. Paul Howard was very critical of the way uh, Lane Kiffin coached this game. Do you agree with him? You thought he got too desperate, too early. No. What are you going to do? Kick a field goal from the
3: four-yard line? Mm -hmm. you got to go. You're playing Bama. They're going to put up points. Here's the thing. It's simple math, and I get why the analytics guys argue on not taking field goals. You need two and a third possessions to get the equivalent of a touchdown, right? you got to take some risk when you're playing Alabama. To beat Bama, there's a few formulas you need. You need a first-round-level quarterback or, or a quarterback of an elite status in college football who can really make plays with his legs, which we know Corral is capable of doing. And then you've got to convert some risk. Third down and longs, fourth down and shorts, you've got to take some chances this is this is what the situation in Alabama just puts immense pressure on you.
5: All right, let's jump back to the Big Ten. Here, here's an interesting stat, all. Before Saturday, there was only one team in Division I football that since 2015 had not won a game as an underdog. That was until Saturday when Jim Harbaugh and Michigan won as a close two and a half point dog at Camp Randall wow. and demolished Wisconsin. Wisconsin turns around now. Mertz got hurt, although I don't know if that really makes a difference. That was a benefit. And, go, and goes to Champaign to take on Brett Bielema, B- Brett Bielema and the fighting Illini. Wisconsin are eight-and-a-half-point road favorites with a total of 43. Is this line wild or right, Amal?
3: I think it's a little bit wild. I think this line should be about six. And the reason why I say that is, look, we know how good Jim Leonard's defense is. But the problem now, you're in a situation where Wisconsin came into the season with high expectations, potentially to win the Big Ten, get to the college football playoff. Mike, how many times do we see in college football teams that are expected to have great years and they get off to a slow start, wind up at 6-5, and 5-6, five, five and six, players become disengaged? What happens now? How does this Wisconsin team rebound? That's the big question mark. They can still win the Big Ten West because their losses have been... Oh, no, I'm sorry.
5: They've they got need, two losses. It, Penn State, it, sorry. They need Penn State to beat Iowa and then they need to beat Iowa at, at Camp Randall. Can,
3: uh, yeah. Um,
5: and went out, too. I mean, And went and, out.
3: And, uh, I forgot, you know, Penn State, the game was so early, I was thinking yeah. it was a non-conference mm-hmm. game. But the reality of it is, I don't know. I don't know if they respond. That's my concern when you look at this Illini team. Look, uh, Illinois relies heavily on the running game because Peters is not accurate as a passer. But when you look at Chase Brown, what he's been able to do, he's been terrific. Um, I don't know. I think you take a shot with the
5: home dog here. Yeah. You had Illinois and Charlotte over. I thought for a while that game it looked like it was headed over and then they power outage in the second half. No, in the fourth quarter. <laughs>
3: uh, uh, they get inside the red zone. They couldn't score. And then Illinois is running the clock down. It, the reality of it is it should have stayed under. The over was the wrong side yeah. there. By the way, great call by you on Michigan. Dominant performance.
5: The reality of it is outside of about a four-minute spark for Wisconsin, they were not in that game. I made a statement to you that it, I think it caught you by surprise. I said, I think Harbaugh's coaching for his job here. He went fourth down twice on the opening drive. <laughs> I,
3: I was shocked by that. Look, I, I get it. He wanted to play outside the box. But when I look at that Wisconsin offense, you should have been putting on third, on third and long. Why even risk an interception? That Wisconsin team wasn't going to move the ball if they had five downs.
5: Uh, Back to the SEC. Georgia, very impressive at home against Arkansas. Auburn rallies late and wins at Death Valley on a Saturday night. Always a tough thing to do. Georgia's going to go on the road and lay more than two touchdowns here. 14 and a half. Is this line wild or right, Amal?
3: This line is uh, probably accurate. I think it's
5: right. Yeah. I don't think... But I'd still play Georgia in this spot over Auburn. I think they're that good. Um, but I, I don't think you can make it too much higher.
3: Oldest rivalry in the Deep South. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I to me, at 14.5, I would have to take Auburn. You would. Yeah, I, I, just too many points. I, I'm a little bit
5: concerned about them. But I, I don't still. think Auburn gets to 13 in this game. I, I really That's got fair that point. Georgia <laughs> defense. Ah, they're, they're good. They beat up a team. Arkansas ran the ball on everybody.
3: Hey, by, by the way, I just want to let you know, because we've gone over all games I lost this weekend, LSU, Michigan. Uh, Illinois. I I just want to know in case you got any other losers in there for me. I picked Georgia to win the SEC before the season started, so don't forget that. Yes, you did. (laughs) Yes, you did. Yes, you did. did. Okay, I had
5: had UNR Nevada Reno um, at Boise this past week. Impressive. I took six. That game went down to three and a half. A lot of people were on it. They they got embarrassed and then they got with a week off. UNR Boise now goes uh, to Provo to take on undefeated BYU. BYU is laying five in this spot. Is this wild or right? I have an opinion.
3: Yeah, this depends on the situation in terms of whether uh, Romney's going to play or not. If Romney's playing, um, then, then I think the line is wrong. If, uh, if it's Conover, then I think this line is accurate. That's what it's going to come down to. For people that don't know, Romney got his head slammed into mm-hmm. the turf on Saturday on Friday before halftime, and he wasn't there in the second half.
5: Yeah, I would agree with you there on that. But if, you know, I would make this game closer to this. I'm not impressed with Boise. I think oh, they yeah, played, yeah. I think they played a, a, a Utah State team that doesn't play defense and, and got that win in that odd time start game at 10 a.m. I think BYU is a lot better than Boise. I want to go to one more game here that we have time for them all. The big showdown in the big 10, number five against number three. Penn State goes to Kennick to take on Iowa. We opened this game three. It's down to two and a half. Is that wild or right? It's
3: wild. I think this game should be a pick'. I actually would have I think Penn State's slightly better than these guys offensively. Penn State's defense is elite.
5: I think we'll see how good Iowa is here. Yeah. I was impressed Friday night in Maryland, but this is a whole different defense. Six picks helps. Yeah, it does. To a junior, no Heisman. Stay tuned <laughs> to Visa and up next, Betting Across America.
2: The great lot.
1: I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex.